God's grace and peace be with you on this, our fourth weekend in the season of Advent. And here's the deal this morning. I have to make a confession. I am a little behind on my shopping for Christmas. And uh, I'm going to head to Lincoln this afternoon, and I want to buy something for you. So uh, I brought along my pad and my pen, and I'd like to, to hear what you would like for me to put on the list, because I want to bless you, and uh, I've got lots of time this afternoon before the children's service to do the shopping, so here are the guidelines, though, as you get ready to share with me what you would like for me to get you for Christmas. Here are the guidelines. The sky's the limit, okay? The sky's the limit. Cost is not an issue. Sky's the limit. Cost is not an issue. Think for just a moment. Let me get my Sharpie ready. Okay. I was just kidding. <laughs> but that, wouldn't that be great if those were the guidelines when you filled out your Christmas list? Nothing too great, nothing too small. The giver wants to show their, their love towards the recipient. The giver wants to bless the recipient with what they want. No need to be shy. Go ahead. Ask for anything. And, and you'll receive it. That's the reality that is being spoken about in the Old Testament reading. Have the Old Testament reading handy there in front of you from Isaiah chapter 7. It's not a Christmas list that God asked Isaiah to fill out. No, it was something of greater importance than a gift one would receive and enjoy for a while and then put it off to the side. In this case, the gift that was going to be given would be a sign. A sign to the recipient of the giver's assurance of security. It would be a sign to the recipient of the giver's promise of protection and a guarantee of their word. The giver there in Isaiah 7 is Yahweh, the God of the covenant, the creator of the cosmos, the Lord of all. The recipient, a king, King Ahaz, King of Judah. The time, not Christmas, but 700 plus years before the birth of Jesus. The place, the city of Jerusalem. A city that still exists today. But let's get into the backstory a little bit to our reading from Isaiah 7. Because, again, this isn't a Christmas wish list. This is God telling a mortal, ask me for a sign, and I will give it to you. King Ahaz, he's king of Judah, and I know it's tough to remember all the geography, southern kingdom, and he is concerned because he's heard of the rumblings from his enemies surrounding nations, the northern kingdom, Israel, and also ruled by King Pekah, 
and the kingdom of Syria, or Aram, led by King Rezim. And he heard these two kings were in league with one another, having conversations threatening King Ahaz and his land, Judah. Similar, perhaps, to today in Europe, where we've got neighboring nations, perhaps discussing with Russia about Ukraine. And into this reality of this conflict concern that Ahaz had, God sends his servant Isaiah, the prophet, the, the poet, as Pastor Nathan pointed out last week. And Isaiah is sent by God to speak into the life of King Ahaz, who's getting really nervous because his enemies are in league with one another. And listen what Isaiah says to Ahaz as he looks at his enemies. God says to Isaiah, through Isaiah, Ahaz, be careful, be quiet, do not fear, and do not let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrands, of the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria, the son of Remaliah, because Syria with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has devised evil against you. So Ahaz is nervous, he sees his enemies. God sends Isaiah and tells him, be careful, be quiet, do not fear. And then, through Isaiah, God reminds Ahaz that these enemies, these foreign nations, they're not going to stand. They're going to be wiped away. And then right before our reading, Isaiah says to Ahaz these words from the Lord. Ahaz, if you are firm in your faith, you will not be firm at all. If you are not firm in your faith, you will not be firm at all. What God desired for Ahaz was for him to calm down, to not fear, to realize that God was in control, and for him to rely on the object of his faith, Yahweh, the God of the covenant. That's behind this reading of Isaiah 7. And then God says, since I'm telling you to calm down, since I promised I'm going to take care of your enemies, now, as here's one more thing. To comfort you and to assure you, I want you to ask me for anything. Again, not a Christmas gift, but Ahaz asked me for anything, a sign from the highest heavens to the depths of Sheol, ask me for anything and I will show you and prove that my promises I will keep and my love for you is secure. What an offer that the God of the cosmos would speak to this king and say, I will give you anything I ask so you can calm down and know that I am true to my word and I will defeat your enemies. And with such an invitation, Ahaz responds. Look at verse 12 in the reading. And look what Ahaz says to God. Well, let's read that together. Let's read verse 12 together. Ready? But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Wow. 
What? God invites Ahaz to ask for a sign, and Ahaz, doesn't he look so pious? You know what, Lord? I, I'm not going to bother you. I don't want to ask for a sign. I don't want to test you. <laughs> Ahaz forgot the uh, situation, right? Mortal and God. And God had invited him to ask for a sign. And Ahaz, oh, I won't bother you. Then there's one more little bit of information behind this whole story. When God comes to Ahaz and tells him, ask for a sign, I'll show you that you can have my guarantee. We also can read in other parts of the Old Testament that Ahaz had already worked out a deal. Yeah, he had played the field, so to speak. He had seen Israel, and he had seen Syria, and they were big enemies, so he went over to Assyria and worked out a deal with the king over there. And you know how it goes when we mortals try to work out the deal, right? He made a deal with the devil. Wow. That's what's happening when we hear these so familiar words about this sign that is given. And so the Lord, in the midst of his frustration, and it's there in our text in verses 13 to 14, through Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Wow, that's the part we're so familiar with. But that backstory, there's a lot of yuck in there. That Ahaz would not trust God when God invited him to give him a son. That Ahaz would go and make alliance with his enemies for fear of those other enemies, ignoring the God of the covenant. And so God, in his mercy, but also in his judgment, sends a sign. And in the first hearing of this, in the days of Ahaz, the Lord tells him, before this little one is weaned, those two foreign nations that you fear, they'll be gone. Rescue, save, but also there will be judgment for you, Ahaz. It's into these words from 700 years before the birth of Jesus that uh, Matthew, in his gospel record, speaks. Here from the gospel. But as Joseph considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for we, he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That which we will celebrate next weekend 
is the complete fulfillment of that prophecy from some 2,700 years earlier. That God would fulfill that prophecy with the giving of the sign, the birth of his son, judge and savior, Jesus the Christ. And as we get ready to celebrate his birth, I think it would be wise for us to recall, to remember and to take note of some of the realities of our lives into which this sign comes. Just like Ahaz, there are enemies surrounding us. And they are in alliance with one another. Some of you have heard of those enemies. Perhaps we need to recall them, though. The devil, who would love nothing more than to devour the sure and certain hope with which you live in Jesus. He is there, anxious to devour our hope. The world, the world with all of its brokenness, collectively, all of our brokenness of humanity, mine and yours, is one of the enemies. And that broken world desires to find its own truth and ignore the truth of the Creator and the Redeemer. And next to those two enemies, next to the devil and the world, is my own sinful flesh and yours. Sinful since conception that desires to serve self before others. And oh, how those three would love to be in alliance with one another against the hope in which we live. So just like Ahaz had options as he considered the enemies, what are our options? Well, we could be like Ahaz, play the field, figure out some alliance with the brokenness around us, maybe work in our own heart and mind saying, you know, it's not that bad and I can give in to this and live with that. But I still fear some big things that are coming, death and hell. Or the other option as we consider those enemies, we could hear Yahweh's words through Isaiah. Be careful. Be quiet. Do not fear. And do not let your heart be faint because of those smoldering stumps of those enemies. Because I've already defeated This Advent season, we have those options. To lose all hope or to calm down, to not fear, to be reminded again that our Lord is in control and to stand firm in our faith, which is not an action of ours, but trusting in the object of what we trust in, Jesus. Those are our options. And so the Lord gives us a sign. He gives us a sign 
to remind us of the assurance of his security. He gives us a sign of his promise of protection and his guarantee of his word. Our Lord doesn't ask for us to ask for any sign. Instead, he says, here it is. It's the one in the manger. It's the little baby. It's the one who grows. It's his ministry. It's his word. It's his cross. It's his grave. It's his resurrection. It's his ascension. And it's final. Don't you like signs once in a while? Oh, if the Lord would just send me a sign. The reality is, he has. Emmanuel. God with us. May that be our sign today and our assurance for tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which is beyond our ability to understand, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life eternal.